So let's talk about the blessed life. We did a short three-week burst of this series in the spring, and we're going to hit this again. And uh, today I'm going to talk about why. Why does a blessed life matter? What is, what is the big deal about a blessed life? And hopefully by the end of today you'll understand that a blessed life isn't just something you do. It's something that you need, and it's something that we really can't live without. We can't live without it. Who loves Jesus? Who loves the person sitting beside you? That's a good start. <laughs> what did Jesus say? Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And all the weight of the commandments fall on these two things. So if you love God and love your neighbor, that's the start we need to have. And that's what makes everything else in your life fall in place is when love is present. And there's not enough love in this world. There's way too much frustration and anger and hate and animosity. And if we can just spread more love, it will transform our world. That may sound trite. That may sound canned. I don't know. But if we spread love, goodness will follow. Good attitudes will follow. Okay. Notice I didn't say we're there. We're on our way. It's a good start. It's one step closer. We're going to begin today by looking at promises from God. And we're going to realign ourselves with his plan regarding blessings and not just blessings because we can get a blessing and not live a blessed life. I want to live a blessed life. God works through principles, not the ones in school. We don't like them. Do we have any principles here? If you're here, we love you. We don't always like you. But we love you. God works through principles, L-E-S, not A-L-S. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Give, and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. Last week, I was making some food for dinner, and I, I sent Tawana a picture because it called for like a third of a cup of cheese. I said, I treated the cheese like Jesus treats our blessings. Pressed down. Shaking together and overflowing. So the third of a cup really turned into about a half a cup. And that made it all better. So, and then he all, God also says, test me and see if I won't do this. See if I won't bless you. So basically, when you do, I will. That's the principle of God. And that's a pretty spectacular promise that when I do, he does. People talk about being blessed or I'm, I'm going to get my blessing and things like that. Here's the deal. God is principled so if I want the blessings of God, who wants the blessings of God? Amen. About two-thirds of you. <laughs> if I want the blessings of God, I simply have to seek the God of the blessing. It's something I've said before. If we want the blessings of God, we must simply seek the God of the blessing. And that's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to seek God. We're going to seek his principles and put them into place. And when we do that, because he's bound by his word, we'll talk about later, he has to bless us. He has to. But the, the flip side of that is if we don't live a principled life like he's set for us to live, he doesn't have to bless us at all. So I want the blessings of God. Salvation, is being, salvation and being blessed are not the same thing. Salvation and being blessed. Salvation is free. Salvation is a free gift to everyone. God's favor and blessings are him acting in response to our actions. Salvation is what he did for us. That's free. But his blessings in our life are his reaction to our actions. 
There are principles that must be in place in our lives to live a life of blessing. So I, I want, want to first examine our motives, because we all have motives. I want to examine our motives for what we do. We don't simply do to get. If you're in a relationship where you do to get, that's the wrong setup. And it's not going to go very well for you very long. Because eventually, you'll get tired of doing, and then you won't get, and then you'll be done. Does that make sense? We don't simply do to get. I don't remain faithful to my wife because I want something from her. I don't remain faithful to her because I'm scared of her. I remain faithful to her because I love her. I honor her because I love her. Some of y'all are like, I'm a little scared of them. And that makes me a little more faithful. I told my kids last week, I think I told my kids this, a little bit of healthy fear is good. A little bit of healthy fear can be good sometimes. So as I walk through the principles of the blessed life, I want us to change our focus. We don't do things, or the flip side of that, we don't not do things because we want something from God. I don't, go, I don't approach a, a, a need in my life and say, well, I better be good this week because I need this to happen. <laughs> I know none of y'all do that. I better be extra good. I, I, I better not go drinking this week because I need this in my life to happen. And maybe if I don't, do, if I don't go drinking this week, maybe God will bless me. Or I'm going to watch my language. I'm not going to cuss as much this week, and I, I need something from God. If you, ha- if you know consciously that you need to change something so that God will bless you, you might want to just take that out of your life and, and just get it done with so you can live a blessed life and not have to have blessings. Does that make sense? We, we don't do to get. We live a godly, principle-based life because we love him, not because we're scared of him, not because we want something from him. We, we live a principle-based life because we love God, love God, love others. And everything after that takes care of itself. But when we do live a principled life, when we do live a principled life, God's blessings follow because he is bound by his word. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It doesn't say do what you want to do, and if you need a blessing, be good for a week. Or if something bad happens in your life, then you straighten yourself up and get it fixed, and then you go back to the way you were. It says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Second Chronicles 7.14, I quoted this earlier. If my people, which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face first, and turn from their wicked ways, not take a break from them, then I will hear from heaven. So we, we take care, we have all the if. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then. And the blessings of God happen after the then. I will hear from heaven I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. It's the if-then principle. If you do, then I will. If you're a parent, you use this. If you don't, then I'm going to. Let's think about it that way. If you don't clean your room, I'm going to bust your hide. Y'all still, is that okay in 2018? 
If you don't stop talking, I'm going to put a piece of tape on your mouth. Don't do that. You get in trouble. If you don't eat your vegetables, let's, let's make it PC. If you don't eat your vegetables, you don't get screen time. <laughs> That's 2018 version. If you don't stop, I'm going to bust your hide. Except parents didn't say hide. I'm going to take away your screen time. Or put you in timeout. Or something that doesn't work. If you're a guest here, I'm, I'm, I'm not always politically correct, and I, I apologize. If you're here all the time, you know, and I guess you're okay with that. But if you're a parent, you use the, 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 the terminology, if you don't do this, I'm gonna. But God uses the terminology, if you do, then I will. He doesn't say, if you, if you don't, then I'm gonna. I'm gonna destroy you. I'm not, no. He says, if you do this, if you live by these principles, if you put these things in place in your life, then I will. I will do this for you. I will bless you. You will, you will not just have a blessing, but you will live a blessed life. And that's what I'm after. That's what we need in this place is a blessed life. I, the deal is, as, as, your, as your pastor, it is my desire that every single person that calls Life Center home will live a blessed life. Imagine, because I believe it's possible to be saved and not be blessed. You can be saved and be miserable and be frustrated constantly because you're going in circles because you're fighting this battle and fighting this battle and, and the proper principles aren't yet in, in place in your life and you're frustrated. If you're new to this, okay, that's fine. As you hear this, the Bible says, as the light shines across your path, you walk in it. So as you hear these principles, you put them to work in your life, and that's how you live a life of blessing. God offered promises to Israel. In Exodus chapter 6, God laid out his promises to Israel. The Jewish people called them the four I wills. I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you, and I will take you as my own people. Those are the four promises or the four I wills that God gave Israel in Exodus chapter 6. We know them as know Jesus, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. That's, that's how we, we, we paraphrase those things. In Exodus 23, that's when they were, they were slaves in, in Egypt, and God said, I will bring you out of there. I will, I will bring you out. I'll free you. I'll redeem you. I'll take you as my own people. And, and he, he gave them those promises in Exodus chapter 6. If you skip ahead to Exodus 23, God is, is outlining just how some of this is going to happen. And it's, it's just simply amazing. In Exodus 23, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing some of the scriptures. He's, he, he tells them, I am sending an angel before you. Follow him, and I will wipe the people before you out. So he didn't say there wouldn't be conflict. He said, I'm bringing you out, but I'm going to send an angel in front of you, and the, the enemies that are in front of you are going to be wiped out. Pull that scripture down for me. Go back to the title slide. I'm sending an angel before you. Follow him, and I will wipe out the people before you. I will be... Here, here's a, here's a, a big one. Pull that scripture down for me. Thank you. I will be an enemy to those who oppose you. That's a pretty hefty promise from God. I will be an enemy to those 
who oppose you. I will take away sickness from you. I will send confusion to every nation you encounter. And he even said, I will send hornets before you to drive people out of of places I've given you. So he's basically telling them, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to send an angel before you, and I want you to follow this guy. And don't argue with him, because this is what's going to happen. And where you go, I'm going to give you that territory. We're not conquering nations. We're conquering things in our life. So instead of thinking cities and walls and Jericho and all this kind of stuff, think, the, think about the things that you struggle with. Think about the obstacles in your life, the things that you've been praying for. And if we put the principles of God in, in, in place in our life and we follow them, these are the kinds of things that we can expect. He may not send hornets before you to wipe somebody out at work. I doubt very seriously that's going to happen. So don't quote me and say, Pastor Scott said hornets were going to go before me at work and I was going to get here and I'll be wiped out. No. He will take down the things that are slowing you down. He will move opposition out of your way. It's called living a blessed life. When you have opposition, he will take care of it. When you had a situation that you can't get through, he will help you get through that. He's basically saying, follow me. Put these principles in place that I have given you, and I'll give you blessings that you can't imagine. Can you imagine hornets going before you and driving, emptying a city? So they left Egypt. And many miracles later, they were at the edge of this land that God had promised them. And at the end of chapter 23, God, he he gives them the landmark boundaries of what is now Israel, or it's close to it. And he he gives them those boundaries, this mountain and this sea and this river and and all this. He He lays out what Israel is going to look like in Exodus chapter 23. And so they sent 12 spies out to see what this land looked like. And they came back, and out of the 12 spies... Ten of them said, it's just too big. We can't do it. Who's felt that way before? I just, I just can't win. I can't, I can't kick this. I can't fix this relationship. I can't change this about myself. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. We've all felt that way. We've had words spoken over us that have taken root in our minds, and they've grown there. And because somebody spoke negativity over you, because somebody spoke curses over you, you, you take that. And, and, and because they called you lazy, you become lazy. Because they said you were stupid, you didn't try, and you didn't do well in school. Because they said you couldn't change this about yourself, you, you stayed there and you remain that person. And it's, it's shaped your life and you find yourself in a spot where you need help. And, and the help is this. The help is this, because of the 12, 10 said no, but two said we can do it. Two said we can do it, and those two people, they pressed on. And because 10 said no, God said you can't have it. And they wandered, the Bible said they wandered in the desert for 40 years. That's a long time. So long that the entire generation that said we can't do it died. And when they came back, to the, if you look at the map of the, of the travels of the children of Israel in the, in the desert, it's, like a, big, it's a big, like a big NASCAR track. Just circles in the desert for 40 years. And they come back to this spot, and Joshua stands up. He's like, this is my promise. I waited 40 years for this. I'm, I'm going to do this. And they crossed over into the promise. They, they, they decided, when, when presented with the opportunity again, they made sure that they pressed through. That whatever obstacles were necessary and whatever sacrifices were necessary, 
to make sure they got the promise and the blessings that God had given them. Nothing was too much. Nothing was too big. There wasn't a sacrifice that was too big. There wasn't an obstacle or a lifestyle change that was too big to keep them from what God had promised them. Sometimes we come to a place where we, we begin a relationship with God and, and we see the promises, we see the blessings of God in front of us. And, and sometimes we see the principles of God and we understand that sometimes that requires change on our part. Let me say this, every time that you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, there'll be times if you've been doing this for 30 years, you'll have to change. Because as God grows you, there'll be things that have to change in your life. He doesn't change. His principles don't change. His mindset doesn't change. We are the ones that have to bend to the will and the, the principles of God. The principles of God don't bend to us. So we have to understand that they got to this point, and they said, we're going to do this no matter what, and they did. We have to understand there's a difference between being saved and being blessed. Salvation is free. But walking in the blessings of God is a different story entirely. God is principle-based, and so is our relationship with him. When we follow the principles of God, we're, we're getting the blessings that he has reserved for us, and that's called walking in favor. Who's heard of favor before? There's statements, favor ain't fair, and favor ain't free, all those kinds of things. But when we follow the principles of God and the blessings begin to come in our life, it's, I'm not just, I have a problem with people who tell, who tell people that they can live any way they want to live and they'll be blessed. They're being lied to. If you've been told that you can live any way that you want to live in any, any situation that you choose to live in and still be blessed by God, somebody lied to you. The only way we obtain the blessings of God is by living by the principles that he has laid out for us. And that leads us to walking in favor. I do believe that you can be saved and not be blessed. For instance, Satan is described in the Bible as a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. That's his mission is to devour you and to devour me and wreck our lives and have us as trophies. In hell, because there is a hell and there is a heaven. That's his mission, is to take you to hell with him. And he wants to wreck your life. And he goes around as a roaring lion, seeking whom, this is scripture, who he may devour. And, and, and the Bible tells us that, that when, principle-based, when we tithe to God, what does he say that he'll do? He rebukes the devourer from our life. That's a principle. And he says, test me and see if I won't do what I say. But the, the promise of God is not that he's just going to open the windows of heaven and bless us. That's a blessed life. But he promised to rebuke Satan from our lives. This scripture leads me to believe that Satan is not rebuked just because you come to church. See, what we have to work, we have to watch, watch this, this mindset and this, this philosophy that if I just go to church on Sunday, that my life is going to be great. That's, that's, you're getting in the door. You're getting to the place you need to be. But just because you go to church doesn't mean that Satan is going to be rebuked from your life. He's not rebuked 
just because we're saved. Yeah, it got quiet. Just like that. The Bible doesn't say that God rebukes the devourer when we get saved. He said he rebukes the devourer when we tithe. And this, is, this, this message is not about tithing, but that's, that's part of this blessed life. It's a principle that when I do this, God does this. It's not a works-based salvation. It has nothing to do with salvation. It's about obtaining the blessings of God in my life and living a blessed life. And you, you may say because of that piece right there, I'll just, I'll just tough it out. <laughs> I'll just tough it out. I'm just going to be miserable and be saved. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because that mindset is, is the exact mindset that Satan wants you to have because the more miserable he keeps you, the more to the edge you are and the more likely that you are to fall and to make mistakes and to get angry and to get bitter and to get full of hatred. Yeah. When thinking about and talking about the timing of this series, it, it does coincide with Thanksgiving and, and giving thanks is, is, is huge for the blessings in our life. Um, but I feel this is timely for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's Thanksgiving. We're talking about blessings and blessed life and all that. But we need to understand these principles. And it's not about us wanting something from you. It's not about us trying to get something from you. It's about you understanding and me understanding that when I live by the principles that God has put in place, I will be blessed. And my concern is this. I shared this with Pastor Andrew. I, I, my concern is that we have people sitting in this church, coming to this church week after week, Praying for better jobs, praying for finances, praying for healing in their family, praying for all kinds of things, little things, big things. And, and the things we're praying for, they're not salvation, they're blessings. A good job is a blessing. A raise is a blessing. Peace in my home is a blessing. Children are a blessing. All these things are blessings. They're all blessings. And if I'm not living by the principles of God... Until we get them active in our life, we, we won't receive those blessings. So my concern is that we've got people coming to church week after week after week that don't know these principles or maybe know them and just aren't doing them, aren't applying them, and you're praying for thing after thing after thing, and you're, you're not going to get them. And I, I told you at the beginning, my desire is that every person that calls life center home will live a blessed life. But if we don't apply these principles and we're not faithful with the principles that God gives us, we're not going to receive what we're praying for because he's not bound to give them to us. He's bound by his word. His word says, if you apply these principles in your life, I will do this. But if we don't, he doesn't have to. Satan did everything he could do to keep God's children from their promised land. And to keep them from the promises that God had given them. He tried fear. He tried anger. He tried resentment. He tried complacency. He tried resentment. Has anybody struggled with any of those things? See, he hasn't changed his methods. He's still doing the same thing 6,000 years later or 5,000, however long it's been. Many thousand years later, he's still doing the same exact things. And see, he did not keep them from getting their promise. He did delay it a minute. But he didn't keep them from their promise. And maybe Satan has delayed you from what God really has for your life. Maybe he's put 
a curve where there should have been a straight line. But God's promises, God's blessings are still there for you. And they're still as amazing as they were the first time that he thought of them for you. The Bible says that when you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. When you were a fetus, you had purpose. That he put you together in your mother's womb and he had purpose for your life before you had a name, before your fingers and toes were even separated, he knew you. And he had a plan for your life. And just because you zigged when you should have zagged doesn't mean that God's plan for your life has changed. You just have to align yourself with the principles of God and live your life for him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. It's a blessed life. I believe there are people here today who are determined that you will have a blessed life. That you're, you're willing to go through whatever you have to go through, change whatever you have to change in order to obtain the blessings of God in your life. And I'm not naive. I know that all of you don't want that. Some of you, it, I, I jokingly said it earlier, but some of you will be saved and be miserable because you'd rather be stubborn and have things your way. That's okay. It's not, but it is. That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. Some of y'all got that. I do know this. Jesus started with 12. Jesus started with 12. And what's happened since then came from those 12. And the percentage of people that came back with a good report was 17%. Two out of 12 is 17%. If you don't trust me, do the math. 17%. I do know if we get 17% out of this room, we're going to start with more than Jesus started with. That's awesome. That's awesome. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And if I'm determined that I'm going to live the the life that God has designed for me, if I'm going to have the blessings that he's designed for my life, and I'm willing to put whatever principle in place that has to be there, guess what? And if there are 17% of you, I have no idea how many people are here, but let's just, whatever, 17% of you, maybe we'll get more. Who knows? We'll see some change happen. We will see some change happen. And, and by that change that happens in that 17 or 20%, some of the people that said, I'm just going to be saved and be miserable, will start to trickle over. I'm okay with bandwagon blessed people. I just want you all to be blessed. I don't care how you get there. I don't care how long it takes you. I just want you to be blessed because a blessed life is a better life than a miserable life. Let's be blessed together until we go to heaven. There's something in Exodus 23 that rang loud and clear with me in that scripture that was up here earlier. 23, uh, 29 and 30. Um, This is God in in that same chapter. But I will not drive them out in a single year. Talking about the enemies. Because the land would become desolate and, and the wild animals too numerous for you. And here's the part that I have issue with all the time. Little by little. Does anybody share impatience with me? Let's just be honest. We don't like to wait. That's why we have microwave ovens. We can cook popcorn in three and a half minutes instead of ten. 
It might give us cancer, but bless God, we're going to do it. It really is bad for you. We want everything right now. And this little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have, until you, this kicked my tail this week, until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. You have to be faithful with a few to have a lot. Don't tell me if you win the lottery, I'm going to tithe when you don't tithe on 400 bucks. You're not going to stroke a check for $2 million when you won't write 40 Little by little, I will drive people out before you. I will give you victory after victory as you grow and can do it. As you, as you grow and apply principles in your life, I'm going to give you more victories. I'm going to bless you more as you can handle it. And see, we want that stuff right now. We want, well, if I gave you a principle right now and said, do this this week and let's see what God does. Some of you would come back to church next week mad. Because you would do this Monday through Saturday and come back on Sunday. Well, why didn't it work? I'm that way, y'all. I completely identify with this. But scripture says little by little, I'm going to drive them out. I'm going to give you a victory here, and then you're going to grow and fill that spot. I'm going to give you a victory here, and then I'm going to give you another principle to apply in your life. And when you grow into that one, I'm going to give you this victory. And over time, you're going to have the entire land that I promised to you. Y'all, this wrecked me. I called Twan, and I'm like, Twan, read this. She's like, yeah. I'm like, maybe it doesn't mean to you what it means to me. And maybe some of you are like, what's the big deal about that? It's because we pray for things, we pray for blessings in our lives, and we get frustrated when we don't get the whole picture. We get frustrated when we don't get the whole blessing right then. But what God is telling us as we mature, as we grow as believers, as we grow as followers of Jesus Christ, he is going to bless us how we can contain it. As we put principles in place, as we grow individually, as we mature, blessings will follow I just want it now. I just want it now. But that's not how God works. It's not going to be a single event blessing. It's going to be a lifetime process of growing and being blessed. It's the blessed life. Three things. I'm going to leave these with you today. Number one, live in obedience to God. Live in obedience to God. To God. Hebrews 12 tells us to throw off everything that slows us down and sin in our life and get rid of it and live in obedience to God. Second, we must ask in faith. Believe that God does have a way and he does have a plan. God is the same God who raised people from the dead, who healed all kinds of crazy sicknesses and all this kind of stuff. Same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow and forever. Third, and this is where this gets me right here. This is where I am. Be patient and wait for his timing. Be patient and wait for his timing. He knows exactly when to fulfill every promise. I have to trust his judgment. 
I may not be ready for everything that God has for me. 2 Corinthians 1 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I'm going to read this passage about God's promise. I want to back up because it's making noise. Hebrews 6 says, When God made his promises to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt. Putting his own reputation on the line, he said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything he had been promised to him. When people make promises, they guarantee them by, by appeal to some authority above them. So if there's any question, they'll make good on the promise. The authority will back them up. When God wanted to, to guarantee his promise, he gave his word a rock-solid guarantee. I love this next part. God can't. <laughs> it's the only time you're going to say God can't. God can't. God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. So if God has promised you something, that promise is unchangeable. It can't be diminished. It can't be changed. It can't be pulled from you. It is unchangeable because God cannot change. He cannot break his word. We who have run for our very lives to God, who's run to God? For your life, because he, he was your only option. You were sunk. You were done. We who have run to God with our lives have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands. What a word picture. Grab the promise with both hands and never, ever let go because God cannot break his word. If that promise is there, when my life aligns with the promise, when the principles are in place and I have grown to receive it, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to get it. Does that make anybody excited? God can't break his word. And because his word can't change, the promise is unchangeable. And we who have run to God with our very lives have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never, ever let go. We're going to unlock principles in the next few weeks that can transform your life from just existing from just getting by, from struggling, from being upset, from being confused, from being disappointed to a vibrant, abundant life that is full of God's blessings. Today, what I know is that some of you can see some things that God has promised you. And you may not have them yet, but you can see that you're getting closer. You can see your life is changing. You can, you, you've gotten some promises. Maybe not the, not the big ones that you're praying about, but you're aligning yourself with the plan and the will of God. And as you do that, little by little, He is opening doors in your life. And He is pouring out blessings on you. As you change your life, as you bend your life to fit his plan and his will, 
as you put his principles to work in your life, you're seeing your life change. And what's happening in your life is creating appetite for more. And little by little, you're growing. And little by little, he's blessing. And you're on this journey together. We're all on this journey together. None of us have arrived. We're all walking that way together. When we all stand in heaven together and see Jesus face to face, that's when we arrive. Until then, we're just walking together. But maybe some of you are frustrated. Maybe some of you are even angry because you're not getting what you're praying for. You see things and how things could be. You see God moving and acting in other people's lives. And maybe you're getting frustrated. It's not happening for you. Well, the first step in any of this stuff is always the first thing I gave you is your life in alignment with God's. Is your life in alignment with His plan? Are there things in your life that you know need to go, that you need to get rid of, that you need to, to, to do to align yourself with Him and His purpose? If way back at the beginning of this, when I was talking and I, and I said, you know, if you know you need something that week and you got to straighten up a little bit that week, if, if you have things like that in your life, maybe you should pray right now for strength to get rid of those things, to better align yourself with God's plan and God's purpose for you. And backfill those things with principles that God wants you to put in your life so that little by little, He can grow you. And little by little, He can bless you. And little by little, you, you grow and you progress. And the next thing you know, it's been two years, you look back and say, man, how did I get here? My life is so changed. I didn't realize it because it was little by little. But when you get two years, three years, five years out, you turn around and look back and say, man, what has God done in my life? And you look back and you, at Thanksgiving time and you say, God is good. Look what God has done. Look how God has changed me. Look how God has saved me. Look how God has curbed my anger and, and the problems I had. And now it's easier for me to say no to this. It's easier for me not to react or respond in a negative or hurtful way because I'm more at peace. And I know that little by little, I'm getting where he's taking me. God bless y'all. Have a great week.